This podcast and all of its content is not intended to be medical advice and is meant only for general discussion and opinions on topics of interest that may even be highly controversial. Always consult your physician for medical advice. Welcome to the Soul Mirror Experiences podcast, where we encourage the exploration of our souls ranging from meditations to discussions with professionals on all things related to whole wellness. I'm Rhett, your host, along with my co-host, Jack. Yeah, he's a cat. Coming to you with... Cutting-edge topics on spirituality and consciousness. And some weird-ass stuff. That might just blow your mind. Welcome to the Soul Mirror Experiences podcast, everybody. Hey, um, today we do have a great guest with us. Her name's Sarah. I'll be Hello. There she is. <laughs> I'll introduce you shortly. And uh, Jack is here. He he just fell asleep. I don't know. He wanted he's he's always a part of the podcast. Sometimes he just likes to sleep. So it's all good. Um I did want to start off also by saying in the last podcast I wanted to make a clarification because in talking about black and white thinking, I had brought up an example of what people would consider evil to try and uh distinguish between black and white thinking, thinking of good and evil and and seeing this more empowered thinking. So I brought up something that would be that a lot of people would consider evil. And I said it was like murdering babies. And uh, thanks to some listeners, I I didn't I absolutely did not mean abortion by by that. So I apologize to anyone if you thought I was talking about abortion in that. um, I 100 percent realized that there are many people with absolutely justifiable reasons for abortion or for having an abortion. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. So, thank you. Okay, and today we are talking about the madness in the world, and Sarah is here with us. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm Sarah. I am a therapist, uh, occupational therapist and psychotherapist, and... Um, yeah, living in Salt Lake City, Utah, and yeah, just happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Sarah also has a lot of experience with spirituality and um, mm. just lots of good life experiences, and so I'm happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Okay, the madness in the world. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on in the world? Is it? Madness. It's totally madness. <laughs> there you have it. We talked about it. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, um... <clears throat> So the way I look at the world, you know, you, you, all you got to do is listen to some of the news or read your Facebook posts, or should I say arguments, <laughs> Facebook post battles, or, you know, I don't know, you just listen to people talking and there's just so many different thoughts. There's so many different opinions and everything's charged. It's like good and evil charge, black and white, <clears throat> um, we have wars going on. It's interesting because we have the war in Ukraine, which it is. There's so much going on there. At the same time, we have wars all over the world, though. And the news doesn't talk about those, right? So, I don't know. what What's going on, Sarah? Can you just solve all the madness, please? The answer is 42. I, got it. 42, guys. Who gets that and reference? Girls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's such an interesting topic because there's so much... Like you said, there's so much going on. It's been like a really 
challenging. It's felt like pretty continuous for the last two years. And so I, I know I talk to a lot of people about feeling kind of burnt out and like coming out of the pan- pandemic and then um, really feeling the fatigue that comes with all of the um, global stress and global tension and global violence and that it's really hard to be with a lot of the time. Yeah. And I am interested in the word madness and, and yeah, what, what, why you chose that word? I chose that word just because madness, we think of madness as like going crazy or just things are out of control. We don't understand things. And, you know, when people go mad, it's like all sense of reality just flies out the window. And I think in a lot of ways, we really create our reality. So part of the madness, I believe, or part of overcoming the madness is actually taking control of what we want our reality to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. And is actually question, you know, like there's things we just accept in this world. When I say we, I, I mean, we often accept. I'm not trying to lump everybody into this. I'm just saying it could be, For example, if you walk out of a restaurant and there's an alley right there, you will probably see tons of homeless people in it, in that alley. And if you... I know know a lot of people prefer people experiencing homelessness. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. I learned something new every day. Well, okay. But that leads to kind of what I was talking about. Thank you. And and that's that's what I do believe. You, You may see a lot of people because they are people who are experiencing mm. homelessness. Mm. I love that. Mm. I actually, cause I was literally just going to say, <laughs> but these are people. <laughs> and Perfect. so, but do you see how that, just how I worded that and how you helped correct me? They are people experiencing homelessness. And I threw a label on them. I just said, you're a homeless person. So, wow. Thank you for that. But, but that's an example. These are people. And human souls, right? I mean, what what really makes them, these humans, different than anyone who is not experiencing homeless? I mean, I'm talking from a, a soul level. Mm. No, these are, this is life. We're all life. We're all soul. So is this acceptable in our world, right? And now I, I also realize that solving a lot of social problems, it's not like you just throw money at things and it fixes it. However, I do believe that we have enough resources that if, if the world really valued this, we could do a lot more to, to combat this, you know, to, to help people mm. have a safer existence. And, and perhaps I'm just saying there's a lot of social good we could do, I feel, mm. if, if society valued. See, what happens, part of the madness of the world, I think, is that because we're living in that um, scarcity mindset, mm. a lot of times when we start getting really successful and, and we get up there, you know, we pass the making a million a year mark or whatever, it's easy to just keep hoarding all the extra resources Hmm. just because it's like, well, I made it. I'm, you know, and then we just hoard it and hoard it. And then it's like all that buying power, so to speak, what does it do now? I mean, once, once I'm nourished and I have everything I need, do I need to, what do I do? Buy another thing. You typically, you buy other companies and you you just keep building this thing. There's a lot of leftover value that could go back to something Mm. or, or I don't know. That's to me is part of the madness of the world. But we can solve this. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, yeah. I was just thinking, I wonder, where do you think that hoarding, um, like hoarding money? 
once yeah where that comes from you ever watch that show hoarders that's where it comes from just kidding <laughs> I, w- I want money piles that i can't even i just i don't know i walk around it and i have to you know i trip over it while i while i'm looking for the remote control for my tv because like, i'm sitting on stacks of money and you know what having said that i realize i'm actually another thing i could be there's probably people who who experience that that are listening and so I'm not trying to be insensitive to those folks as well because you know that is actually a a challenging situation to deal with so yeah so but the hoarding of the resources like extra resources can be i think stemming from this mentality of not understanding what's really valuable it, because we think mm-hmm. you know success so I, I I saw this YouTube video the other day and it was, it was really funny. It's like, you know, the ads comes on before the video and I had to watch it. So it was like, there are three types of men. One, the first type of man is a victim mentality. This type of man just, you know, blames everything on his wife, on his family. On Okay. <laughs> the second one is the information addict. This type of man only scrolls through information and, you know, spends all day trying to find something but never takes any action. But the third type of man is the executioner. <laughs> the thir- and then there's like all these videos of like guys in suits with like briefcases, like just going around like charging to some business meeting. I mean, it's actually funny. It's like armies of businessmen just like charging like they're, you know, they've just made it to Valhalla or something. And, you know, the executioner just isn't quite where they used to be, but they know that if they just had a plan, they'd be there. And, you know, it's hilarious. So the third type of man will buy the program. (laughs) You know, you can't be any other kind of man. It's also telling you, like, it's like, what's, what is a real man? So it's like playing on this. It's, it's all Mm. these things telling you, you have to be this. And if you're a man, you are this. Yeah, marketing can be so harsh like that. It can really, you know, like a lot of, there is a lot of different marketing that can feed off of people's insecurities, you know? I mean, to take that to an extreme, it could be like, there's only three types of people. One person who's a jerk, (laughs) one person who doesn't know anything, and then the third person who's going to buy my product. Right, and you're smart, and you're powerful, (laughs) and you're a success. Yeah. yeah and so i bought it i don't know i hope i, I hope it works <laughs> <laughs> it's working i'm about to go get in my suit right now yeah so i mean that to me is is part of like success we don't define it ourselves well, what i'm saying is we do define it ourselves but when we're living in a world of conformity we're not defining it we're, we're saying you're telling me what success is and that's part of the madness so to speak and I just mean the term madness. Not I, I understand there's also uh, out there that people, you know, mental illness is a real thing. So I'm not even poking fun at people who are experiencing difficulties like that. It's more just like mayhem is what I'm saying. There's just mayhem and just like wild thoughts in the world. And and that's part of it. It's like, here's what success is. And people are like, oh, good. I'm going to spend my money there because you just told me what success is, for example. Or what does it mean, you know, if you get this new car, then you are, oh, so amazing. And I'm not even against new cars. New cars are cool. But but is that, 
Is that what success is then? Now you have a new car, so you are somebody. Yeah, and it sounds like you're talking about a lot of outside in, you know, and from the time we're little, 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 we're we're taking things in from the outside and even the younger you get, the more sponge-like you are. And so we take in things and we just take in things as reality. So like whatever someone says about us, we really, really take it to heart. And so, I mean, and that can happen at any age, but a lot of those things, you know, if you hear when you're young, like, oh, success means money. Success means, you know, and I think especially people um, socialized as men have an extra emphasis on money and people socialized as female have an extra emphasis on caretaking and the how your body looks, you know, and so there's all of these outside messages that we really internalize to an extent where it can be really hard to deprogram i mean you know and just like just as simple and it sounds simple you know just as simple as like oh i have all these programs installed all of these apps on me you know and then and then we can look through them and say okay what's useful what's not useful and sometimes that can be hard because they they can be so internalized but and you're right and we can be so affected by things like that that play on you know maybe something that happened when we were very little that made us feel like oh i'm not enough or I'm not successful unless I do this and then you know we hear a marketing ad that says like well yeah you're right like plays into those stories there's so much I think about um illusions and delusions that can create a feeling of false reality you know false reality being like you're not good enough or you have to work a 40-hour work week or you're lazy and like all of these kind of structures and beliefs that can create a reality that isn't really pleasant to live in but it feels like it's impossible to get out sometimes that was a good that was a good point too you know one good thing to do if you start seeing things in the world i think step number one don't be afraid to question anything Mm -hmm. if anyone tells you don't question this uh, to me it's like oh why don't i question it (laughs) There's a really it's like, what is in your interest for me not to question it? Because Mm -hmm. there definitely is, for example, the 40 hour work week. Let's think about that. How many of you out there? Let's raise your hands. How many of you like love a 40 hour work week? Let's see a show of hands. I don't see any hands. Do you see any? I there's two of us here and neither of us have our hands. Jack. Jack. Oh, my gosh. He's sleeping under his foot. He's not he's not even close to raising a paw. I can guarantee you he doesn't even work a minute a week. <laughs> okay, so why why then? What where, where does this come from like 40-hour work week? Yeah, that's standard. What, what, okay. Ask yourself a simple question. It's not something you love. <clears throat> why does it exist then? Do you just is it okay. Who might love that? <laughs> oh, you mean someone you're working for? <laughs> Oh, you mean all the big, powerful things and people and companies in the world, which there are many, um, is it in their interest to pay you only a little bit and have you work 40 hours a week? Oh, then it starts making sense, doesn't it? So that's part of the mayhem, of course. And I'm telling you right now, there's nothing wrong with really looking inside, questioning everything and saying nothing has to be, nothing has to be anyway. You at any time have every right to challenge whatever the current reality is because you and all of us are co-creators of this reality. And that that's where 
we don't have to be fed stuff every second. We can use our brains and our minds and our souls to create what's going on in this world. And mm-hmm. if you really think about it, we're all connected. I think another problem with part of the mayhem and madness in the world is you get these conglomerate structures that start amassing all the wealth. And what does that do? It actually just continues to separate us and help us not feel as connected. Um, because, you know, we insulate ourselves with this idea of that that's the most important thing. Anyway, those are just some thoughts I have about it. Yeah, I'm thinking, I think too, it's really important as we talk about um, like deconstructing internalized programs and um, inner critics and in gestalt, they call them interjects. And, you know, as we talk about like really challenging things and being like, you do have choice and you can create your reality is like acknowledging that like that's, I, I've totally experienced that in my life is true of like how much my beliefs and my um, inner world actually ends up being reflected in my outer world. And to acknowledge at the same time that that feels 100% true to me, that there are real structures, there are real external structures that, you know, it's like not everything is only a projection of my inner world that there are real external structures that are, that do make it difficult, you know, like people, you know, the trillionaires and billionaires that are holding on to all of this money. Like they also have power just like us and, and like their actions, like all of our actions affect each other. And that's why, you know, like you talk about interconnectedness and like feeling that connected connectedness is so important because we do affect each other in real, real ways. Yeah, that's true. And so it seems to me like, you know, there's this balance. Obviously, in the, in the world right now, there's a, or I, you could call it an imbalance, really. Equality is a really big thing that I've been thinking about a lot. What is it? What does equality really mean? So on the one hand, you know, we have a capitalist society here in America. Um, and there's to me a lot of empowering things about it, but there are some disempowering things about it too. So how can we, what are the empowering things? <laughs> the empowering things. <laughs> well, I do believe that there can be good rewards for taking risks for building something of value and then being rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. I like that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for, so would an example be like, like, um, like let's say I start a business and like I'm taking the risk to put all my money into a business mm-hmm. and then I ask people like, okay, if you like what I'm doing and you want to participate and you want to help support this business that, you know, people can actually give me nourishment in the form of money that actually ends up supporting that risk I took and saying like, oh yeah, we do value this, you know, gift you're putting into the world, this work you're putting into the world and that relationship can exist. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 I do love that. And I like that we look at businesses as a relationship instead mm. of just a structure that collects money, you know, and, and at the bottom line is just more efficiency, more money and more. I think that's the weakness of capitalism is that <clears throat> because money is the bottom line for that, you at the same time as you're creating services, which I think is empowering then suddenly in the in the drive to be more efficient and to be more competitive and to beat out your opponents and competitors and you know survive well 
it's like all this efficiency that you have to build into your system to make this so that your shareholders get the best profit possible. Well, number one, it, it's building this non-calm energy, which which calmness is what the world is missing right now, and and slowing down and just enjoying things. You know, we have this, you know, like in healthcare, you see it everywhere. This go to a hospital and you're packed in like a sardine practically, you know, and then it's like caretakers experience it because then, okay, I'm supposed to give care to these patients. Oh yeah. We'll get them in in 30 minutes and get them out. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's okay. Well, that's yeah. not really and working caring long for hours and yeah. being understaffed and being underpaid for yep. the amount of work. Yeah. And then it's especially, it does actually feel especially, um ironic maybe the word is that it's like it's healthcare yeah. you know it's like the experts yeah. people who are experts in how to take care of ourselves you know and we're we have a whole industry of healthcare that isn't living its own values you know that and i, I say this as a person who's worked in skilled rehab facilities for uh like i think 9 years now um yeah of like ha- like not having a structure that actually supports our health and well-being as as healthcare professionals yeah Mm -hmm. and so that to me is a weakness of capitalism because now the drive to just make so much money all that extra you know uh effort and becomes this the value just shifts from from actually getting creating this type of world that you know the other thing that happens with that is you get if if any and we're seeing this now in the supply chain like you want to order some goods. Now it takes like two months to get here because we have built, we're so efficient that if there's any disruption in society or in our political, whatever structure, um, any little disruption and our supply chains are smashed because there is no room for, you know, a hiccup. And so like when COVID started, it's like people, you had to wipe your butt with your hand. You just had to. Because Did you do that? I no comment. I can tell you this: Jack does I'm like, not wipe I don't his know. butt with toilet paper. My reality was different. <laughs> Jack sleeping. Aww. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to tell you how I wiped my butt. Um, I'm going to leave that to your imagination. Everyone, close your eyes. And no, but but you know, like it's it's almost ridiculous. You think why was there not toilet paper in the store for like a month or so? I don't know how long was it. It was kind of a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it might have been longer. Um, so yeah, it's just things like that. With yeah. and it's so funny because there is like right there can be such a scarcity all of a sudden because of all of that efficiency brought in, and and yet. There's such an abundance in monetarily in the in a lot of business owners and a lot yeah. of CEOs. There's right. so much abundance. And so it's it's it feels like this uneven and I wonder, I mean, totally this is just theory and my own speculation based on my own experience, but you know, like in my experience I've I've been a part of now kind of starting three different businesses and there is a huge feeling of scarcity in the beginning, <laughs> you know, like they're really like every single time, at least I've done it. It's like, there is this like really big risk and this really big jump of like, okay, like starting a business actually has a lot of startup. There's a lot of costs. There's a lot of like, 
a big jump and hoping that it's going to like actually be that people are actually going to find it useful and like want to be involved in that business relationship. And, you know, it can actually be really scary. And so I wonder, and that's the story, even, even, you know, not as a person starting a business, but as a person in healthcare, that's the story we get is like, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. We need to, we need to, you know, you, we need you to work, see as many patients as possible, you know, and we need you to understand that, that we're, we could go under, like this whole business could go under if you don't do that kind of thing, you know, which it's, which, you know, especially in my early career, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, okay, I want to be a part of this business. I want to be like, this business is like a family and we're doing this really meaningful work together and I want to be a, do it, do what I can to make this whole business survive because I care about it and we are taking care of patients and it's important. Um, but you know, the more I look and, you know, I started seeing like, oh, okay, like, is that true? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. is that true? And I started seeing like, you know, a lot of people making a lot of money and like, you know, yeah. And I kind of, that's like, comes back to like what you were saying of like, there is it like in that experience for me, there was a sense of madness of like, oh my gosh, I'm like burning myself out, but it feels like I'm in emergency mode. So like, we just have to see as many patients as possible or we're, or the business is going to die. Like, it feels like there's a life or death aspect, mm -hmm. not of me as a human, um, but like for the business, like the business is going to die if I don't, if I don't sacrifice my well-being at least a little bit to see as many pe people as possible, you know, and then finding out like some, like the business owners and CEOs are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's like, wait, that's like, sounds a lot more of abundance than scarcity. So why am I having to sacrifice and experience scarcity when other people are, are experiencing abundance? And so there's this like, it just, yeah, opens that door of being like, oh, maybe there's a whole other way of doing it where it doesn't have to be, like, all or nothing. Like, you're either in, like, huge abundance or you're in huge scarcity. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, <clears throat> in thinking about this topic, I've, I've thought that the real, so currently, the currency of the world is money. I mean, that's what, and that's on, that's what people worship, literally. And, and and we as the world prove that by our actions. We literally worship it. It's it's not even, you know, we, we talk about things as humans and we say, no, no, I know money's not the most important thing. But you know what? No. At the end of the day, everyone absolutely behaves as though money is the most important thing. Because if you have enough money, you know, you can settle a case too without, I mean, a really serious case outside of court and not go to prison for the rest of your life for certain things, right? I mean, it's like we literally worship money. So I know a lot of people are trying, are not, are a lot of people don't, you know, like it's not all people, but I think the way our society is structured, it's like, I mean, people die because they can't afford health insurance to cover. Literally it's that bad. You know, people are, can't afford their yeah. own health insurance and they end up dying because of even when there's treatment available. So you're right in that way. It's like, the way the structure of society is set up is like we have to kind of it feels like we're in service to money instead of money being in service to us yeah absolutely um well that that's right on one scale you have people who a bit can't even buy health care can't even buy uh, you know are literally paycheck to paycheck then you know everywhere you drive on the corner there's an instant loan place <laughs> it's like instant loan and who goes in there i've never seen mark cuban go into one of those um you know, it's like, 
now all the people who are already struggling and don't have the wealth have to go and get a loan to just kind of, you know, maybe like get a, get like a cavity filled or something or, you know, cause their payday isn't for a couple days or something. And then they pay ridiculous amounts of interest on it. So it's like when you already don't have it, you, you get even just smashed even worse. And then on the other side of it, you have people who have so much money that they can literally make more money even easier and commit crimes against other people and just buy it off, you know, pay it out, pay it out and not really get in trouble for it too. So it's like this extreme type of thing going on in the world. And I just feel like if, if money right now is currently what is worshiped, I think the the next higher thing that we can understand, I think the real currency of, of our humanity is connection. Mm. I think that the real power and the real wealth is being connected in an empowering mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so if, if we could unlock that and, but true connection comes from diversity, our, our diversity, our authenticity, realizing that our, our diversity is, is strength instead of, you know, there's so much going on in the news right now, all over the place, people fighting over this and that. I mean, you name it. Instead of seeking to actually understand each other, <clears throat> There is an oppressive, you know, the oppressive nature and the, uh, the oppressors and the oppressed that there, there is a real dynamic to that, 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 you know, so I don't know, that's probably another podcast in and of itself, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I think the real, to really empower ourselves, if we're to like sort of summarize what's going on is you don't have to do anything in life. If, if there's an unhappy, if, if there's a way of living that you would prefer, you can help to create that. doesn't mean it's easy. doesn't mean like you just say, I don't want a four-day work week and it disappears. But you can start to, to question why and you can start to believe that concept. You can start to say, hey, wait, what kind of life do I want to create? And then the connection, here's the, here's the other thing I, I do believe. Okay, all these people who are hoarding the wealth at the top. And I actually, if if they actually understood you know, we see the view of the person at the bottom of this chain and we say, of course, it's in your interest to have more of the wealth distributed to you. But I actually believe the people at the top of this chain, it is in their interest as well to not hoard all that stuff Mm -hmm. and to actually share because that will create a better world Mm. for them as well. That's Mm -hmm. not, you know, that's the kind of thing I think about. Um, yeah. I don't know. Moment of silence. What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that, that I think there's like a, it reminds me of experiences I've had where giving and receiving, um, you know, cause I, I think of money, I think of money. I had this dream once that I was giving someone, um, a bowl of baked CD that I had made, you know, and it was someone that I usually, um, you know, like give money to. And I was giving them a bowl of like a service industry and I was giving them a bowl of big ziti instead. And I was like, oh, money is just nourishment, you know? And when I think about it like that, it's like money is just this avenue for nourishment. You know, it can help us get healthcare and cars and shelter. And, and then, um, I also had this really good experience of, um, living with amazing roommates and, you know, and it's like this giving, beautiful giving and receiving happened where, you know, one person started cooking for 
uh, uh, the, you know, the rest of us. And then that made us want to give back and other people started cooking and just doing these like acts of service that inspired, um, giving back, you know? And so it's like, I think there's such a value in, you know, and if money is representing nourishment, then there's a value in both giving money and receiving money and, and, and like an honest, true joy and nourishment in receiving and giving, you know, you think of it as receiving like, oh, okay, I'm like getting money or I'm getting, um, you know, someone cooked food for me or like I'm getting a gift and like, okay, that's really obvious of being nourished, but it's also really nourishing to give, you know, and sometimes even receiving is a gift in itself because you're giving someone else the opportunity to give to you and like to let that flow of care happen. And so for people who have, you know, and so in that context, for people who have a lot of money, there's like a flow that's stopped. There's a flow of care that's stopped, you know, and they're not receiving that nourishment that happens when you give when you let money flow, when you let nourishment flow from you when you have a lot. That is awesome. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if if we think about the true currency of life as connection, then what you just described, nourishment, giving and, and receiving, that is that. Mm. And money then actually becomes, as you said, in service to that. Mm. And so the, it, if the value changes to nourishment and to connection, giving and, and receiving, which could be anything. It could be a car that someone needs, mm-hmm. but it could also be, hey, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to understand you, your authenticity. Mm. It could be giving love to somebody. You don't have to have money for that, right? So mm. so then if that's the higher value, then money can be something that can be used to serve that purpose. Mm. And Instead then, of us being in service to money. Yeah. Money can simply be a little thing we use that helps us with giving and receiving and nourishment yeah. and care. It could. And, you know, or buying treats, cat treats for Jack. <laughs> oh. He, he just nodded yes, I he think. He did, I think so. <laughs> so yes, that is that's that's what I think. And what's so interesting about that that I love so much is it's um looking at it that way, it's almost like there's also this avenue that you don't even need money. You know, you can use money as to represent giving and receive to help that exchange happen, you know, but also you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It's interesting. Okay. And this might be a topic for another day, but if, when I think about my, so I'm, I did finance, I'm a finance major. So, and it's funny because I remember getting my MBA in finance and like one of the biggest things I remembered learning as it was coming to the close and I was getting my degree on that. I was just thinking like, wow, this is a total rig man it's like you know especially if you're getting to like investment banks and stuff because you know originally it started out that you know caveman days hey you have 10 fish i have 10 coconuts and well it's and we want to trade them now that can be a very difficult thing to keep trading things so yeah okay money was established to help give you a medium for stuff this is just basic economic stuff okay so that's pretty valuable and for a long time we had the gold standard so you know if you had a dollar that represents a, a bit of gold somewhere. So there's a finite supply. Your your money supply value is not just going to be all warped and weird. And then along came central bank people, which said, oh, yeah, well, we'll be a central bank and we'll change it. So it's a Federal Reserve note. 
And without boring everyone with this whole thing, the point is the people who, the banks who own the money, I mean, I would like to do that. I, I'm going to actually open my own bank, guys. I'm going to do this right now because I think I want to do a service for the world and, and lend money to the government because, I mean, literally, I could just, you know, I, does the government need $300 million right now? Cool. I'll just borrow it from me. That's what they did. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Okay. Let's just type 300 million into this computer. A billion would be the more accurate term. And and then that means we we loaned you that, those big numbers. It's like, what? <laughs> and it's not based on anything. No, yeah, it's, it's based just on like... like we, yeah, it's ridiculous. And and so then they can... Now, you know, you'll have people argue, well, that's how you can, you can get capital out in, in a place to develop something. My bottom line theory on finance is the only way that you really gain value is by increasing efficiency. And we'll save that for another day. But, you know, the point is we're in a circular system. We're, we're in a, we're in a, like, if you spend money, where'd you get it from? Oh, I got it from my job. Where'd your job get it from? Oh, well, they got it from a customer. Where'd that customer get the money from? So it's, it's the same thing you just said. I mean, it's, it's not like money just, you know, if, if we have like, Economic growth could happen. You hear this on the news a lot. Economic growth could happen. Okay, what does that even mean? Like, we're circulating our money in a big circle. It just goes, and every time we pay it, by the way, Uncle Sam takes out a big percentage of it. So all you do is transact some money and you lose some to the government. So, and then when we pay our taxes, all we do is pay interest to central banks on fabricated money anyway. So the whole point of that whole spiel was our money system has already been warped to serve the people in power even more. <laughs> mm. And so that's why that imbalance is even worse in my opinion is because um, we are, you know, we might as well, if there is one church of the world or temples in the world, I would call it these big central banks. And, you know, we don't think we're worshiping there, but guess what? We're in the system. So anyway, uh hope that made everyone feel really happy out there. (laughs) (laughs) It is hard. I think that's such a, even just you naming that of, you know, making everyone, I hope everyone feels happy. It's like, this is, I think, I think there's like, it's so easy to feel powerless in these kind of things, you know, to like look at like how there's like a central bank just making up money. And then I sent a letter. I'm going to do that. I'm going to send a letter to the U S treasury because I'm going to offer an even lower interest rate Mm. than the Federal Reserve, you know, if they charge like it's really low right now, but I can be more competitive. I could do like, yeah, I mean, I could, I could beat them by like a whole half an inch, like by quarter typing of an interest point. Yeah, oh yeah, three hundred million. Don't into ask a me where my money comes from. Okay? It's these numbers. I can type it in. I, I can, I can press the right buttons <laughs> to, to make in. sure I get the right numbers. <laughs> and, and yeah, That's I can create a system do. to do it. I think I'll be better than the Federal Reserve. I want some competition out there. Okay, like so, U.S. Treasury. I'm, I, I'm, you know, my number. I mean, I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) So in the face of like that being so big and feeling like we don't have the power to change that, you you know, we can recognize that it feels ridiculous and Uh feels like, you know, and then, so like, I know you have talked about like really believing in the power of the individual Mm -hmm. and like seeing yourself as connected to everyone and as a single self. So how do we feel powerful and not just feel powerful in a fake way, but like really know the truth of our power in the face of all this 
these structures that that kind of have an effect of making us feel powerless. And here's the magic. I think it is connect. Mm. And I think there's so much to that word connect. First of all, we're already connected. So if you don't know you're connected, then that's what I'm talking about. It's the process of discovering that we're connected, that everyone's important. I think realizing that your authentic self is important and that you can question things. You can ask, you can say, no, I don't why I don't want reality to be like this. I actually prefer something different. Um, I think two things are really powerful tools to do um, for our singular self and for our universal self. So two things I could do is one is be more authentic and that could take a lot of bravery. Mm. Like sometimes when you're authentic, the result is people might laugh at you, but you get over it. Sometimes the result of being authentic is someone might want to kill you. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally there's so many different types of authenticity. Mm. So it's a challenge. It takes a lot of bravery to be authentic, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth it to do it and try it. Mm-hmm. And again, you, it's up to you on what that risk is. So it's not like, I mean, again, like I said, people are really safety is, is sometimes at risk physical safety. So I'm not saying you have to do this or anything. Um, but on the flip side of it, valuing diversity is another thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And this especially helps with stopping oppression, for example, but by valuing diversity, we look at someone who's different from us and we are actually inviting them to be authentic. We're not like quashing them and we're not shaming them. We're not doing anything. So we're appreciating, we're it. appreciating it, it because yeah. there's actually a value. It's like, I, I don't think people realize that our differences are really strengths. And I think our whole society is built on this thing to make us fight, you know, but understanding someone else and, and their life experience, being compassionate to that gives that other person strength to be authentic, to heal, to not feel threatened. You know, a lot of times when we don't feel safe, we lash out and do things. I mean, it, it gives this hostile cycle. I mean, a lot of oppression comes from that same thing. People repress things. And then what do they do? They lash out at other people and it, you know, or harshly judge a certain group of people, whatever. So I think those two things, it is value diversity, which means don't just kill someone else for just thinking differently actually take the time stop yourself and ask and say okay wait i want to understand if you don't know the experience of someone else how can you just so suddenly jump out and judge them if you don't know their life or anything there's a lot of news stories right now about people in different groups and it's real easy for anyone to jump out and just say you know you're this you're that but do you know that person's life have you heard their life experience So that's what I'm talking about. Reach out, get to know people, actually connect, and then have the bravery where you feel safe. Be brave. Because when you show your authenticity, that gives other people the courage to say, oh, wait, you're, wow, you're brave enough to be authentic? Okay, you know what? I want to, I think I want to be authentic. It's like that story, and you hear it all the time. Uh, A lot of bad things are like, you know, happened in history where a group of people, a boardroom of people, a business. Enron is a good example of that. You know, all these people say, oh, okay, I don't know. They think in their mind, I don't think this is right. Should we not do this? But no one wants to actually say it, even though they're all thinking it. And so no one ends up saying it. Mm-hmm. And they all end up doing something that just, mm-hmm. you know, causes some destruction. And so we do that in life. But speaking up, it takes a lot of courage. That's Those are some things I think that might help. 
I love that. I think that's so cool. I really like how you emphasize diversity and and valuing diversity, but also like seeking it, like actually taking action, you know, if it feels right to you and your system to like, actually, I want to seek out diversity and get to know. And you know what I think is so cool about everything you just named is that is really powerful action in the external world. And you can do the same thing in the internal world meaning bringing your attention. You know, most of the time we spend a lot of time with our attention outward, you know, whether it's working or even playing, it's like, or being entertained, like there's a lot of attention outward, but bringing our attention inward and looking at all the different parts of ourselves inside and saying like, okay, what, what is my self? What do I identify with? Like who, when someone asks you, who are you? What are the first things that you identify with? You know, and then going even deeper to be like, oh, what is actually the diversity in me that I may not even recognize? One of the easiest ways to do that is looking at dreams because mm. all of the, you know, usually dreams we show up as the self that we identify as. And then all the other parts in the dream show up as all the different parts of ourselves that maybe we don't think we are or that are kind of hidden away. And, you know, we can even lurk, look at all the different diversity in ourselves because a lot of times what we reject in ourselves is what we end up not liking about other people Ooh, that's a good yeah which comes to those projection things mm -hmm. and another thing too that i really like about that is you know we we and marketing does this capitalism in the world does this there's these you know marketing messages come out and we're we're like, who are you? Who are we? Who am I? What makes me successful? Well, we get fed these messages all the time of who we should be and who, who we are and what we need. I mean, just like that commercial that I was watching, the YouTube video, it's like, there's three types of men. And, you know, I'm going to tell you who you are and what your role is and what's successful to you and what you, what you even mean and what you're all about if you're to be, quote unquote, good or worth something. It's amazing, though, because like we get to decide who we are. And, and you know what? If you're a man or a woman, you also get to decide what your roles are. I mean, Or non-binary. Or non-binary. Thank you. one of the other many genders. You're right. There. If you're a human, I'll just say, how about that? Because it's true. <laughs> if you're a human, you literally, it doesn't matter what you have. I mean, I'm saying, you're, you know, your you're sex parts and all that. That's cool. You can be whoever you want to be. Like you, of course, you have every ability and power to be who you want to be. So thank you. But um, yeah, so why is this? I just, it just, uh, honestly, I just watched that whole thing in awe, like thinking, wow, I mean, there's probably people, and I'm not trying to shame someone. If you've seen a commercial like that recently and you thought that was really cool, I'm not even saying this to shame you because no, more, it's just like, no, man, you get to decide who you are. <laughs> you get to decide every success. What does success mean to you? You, that's absolutely in your power. What kind of life do you want to live? Like when this, I mean, that commercial had guys in business suits marching all over. Like, it was, like, so funny. I hate suits anyway, so. But it's just, you know, marching as if they're, like, headed straight to the World Economic Forum all together to be successful men. It was just like. Yeah, and I think sometimes those things, like, you know, if someone really does, if it really does resonate and it happens, you know, there may be some yeah. kind of value in it. But a lot of times those kind of things work off of the oppressive structures that we all have to internalize, mm -hmm. you know? And so these things that like 
that are so random of like, okay, someone is more successful or more, you know, professional if they wear suits, you know, and it's just this random thing that got decided, you know, it, mm-hmm. it could as easily been like, people are more professional if they wear big cardboard stars on the top of their head that's I'm that's thinking of a christmas up. tree i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but you know and and it, and it can fe- really feed mm-hmm. off of you know in that scenario people socialized as male like feed off of those insecurities and mm-hmm. that messaging of like you're only worthy if you're this type of success mm-hmm. yeah that's so true so if there's any message how could we summarize we talked a lot about a lot of empowering things today mm-hmm. um yeah, we got there a lot. <laughs> we did. And it's actually, yeah, no, I love it. Um, Capitalism it's, to dreams. And <laughs> this is wearing a star on our floor, a cardboard star. That is success, by the way. And we are selling those. We happen to be selling cardboard stars for $59.99 if you order now. So There's only three kinds of people. Three types of people listening to this podcast. And the third type is the shining star. Okay? And that is when he'll buy our cardboard shining stars. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I tell you what, I'll summarize it in a different way that we didn't even talk about it. If you want adventure in life, you know, a lot of us maybe out there thinking the world's crazy, it's going wild, uh, but I'm not really living the way I want to live. I don't know. Things don't seem to make sense. Well, if you want adventure and empowerment in life, seek for diversity and understanding and connecting with uh, mm-hmm. the other humans who are in our wonderful world. Yeah. You know, and, and the different parts in yourself. And the diversity inside and out different parts of ourself <laughs> because there's a lot of beauty in you that has yet to shine out because you've been afraid to and that's okay we're all afraid to share things there's a timing too yeah. you know like yeah. a flower unfolding like everyone has a readiness and a timing mm-hmm. for when they're ready to come out that's true and be themselves that is true and it's such a beautiful process it is uh, and an adventure absolutely so I don't know. Any other thoughts you want to add at the end of this? Um, yeah, I just love what you said. Like you're emphasizing of connection and, um, yeah, I think, I, I think maybe I already said this, but just that like anything that we can, you know, all the things that we can do outward in the external world, we can do in the internal world and vice versa. And that can be a really powerful process too. Awesome. Yeah. Believe in the power in you because we all have that power inside ourselves to connect and see the power and, and beauty in, in our interconnectedness. And that will just open up all kinds of doors. Jack, any final thoughts? No, he's actually, he's still sleeping. So (laughs) I guess it's not time for him. Was our podcast that boring? (laughs) Um, All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was fun. Awesome. And we hope to have you again sometime. Yeah. So until next time, everybody, empower yourselves through authenticity. All right, everybody, head on over to soulmirrorjournal.com and get a copy of your Soul Mirror Journal. It comes with a companion guide with a lot of journaling exercises that cover some of these things and also a lot of awesome tools for how you can use your journal to learn more about yourself head on over soulmirrorjournal.com or if you still have the old soulmirror.health that will work as well.